Good morning and welcome to True Talk. This is 88.5 FM and this is Tampa. Stay tuned. We're going to be talking about Ramadan. <laughs> يا صديق الأقوى يا محمد يا طاهر الأخلاق يا محمد يا هدي الأكبر This is a pre-recorded show يا تجرس لله يا محمد يا خير خلق الله يا رسول يا نبي الله يا شفيعي 
يا بشيري يا صفي الله يا رسول Good morning, everybody. This is your host, Samar Jarrah, and this is your show, True Talk. We are going to be talking with Imam Azhar Subidar about Ramadan. Uh, Ramadan is the month of uh, fasting for Muslims. We fast uh, either 30 days or 29 days, and I think the Imam will explain that to us. And we greet by saying Ramadan Kareem, and Kareem means uh, generous. Good morning, Imam. Good morning, Sister Samar, and Ramadan Kareem to you and all the listeners. So tell me, Imam, why do we have to fast? It's a little bit humid. It's a little bit hot. Uh, so why do we Muslims have to fast? And it's like 30 days. So basically, let me get back into a history of understanding the concept of fasting. First and foremost, um, in the Quran, Allah states that um, that there are 12 months. So Ramadan is a month in the calendar, which is the ninth month of the calendar. And Ramadan is special to the believers for two reasons. Number one is fasting, and number two is the revelation of the Quran. That the Quran began its revelation process in the month of Ramadan. Now, fasting is the first thing I think we should touch base on, as you asked that it's really hot and it's in the summer now, and we are fasting in these hot days, especially here in Florida. Uh, we have to keep in mind that these days fluctuate throughout the course of each year on the Georgian calendar. So in approximately 33 years, Ramadan will go through an entire cycle of the Georgian calendar. So 33 years from now, Ramadan will be in June, just like it is in June right now. Mm -hmm. uh, and the reason for that being is that the lunar calendar is what we follow to gauge the passing of time in the Islamic years. And the lunar calendar has been proven to be more precise and accurate than the solar calendar. That's why we have 31, 30 days for each month. And that's why we have a leap year every four years. And that's why we have a cycle of 365 days, where in the lunar calendar is 354 to 355 days. Now, the reason that it's fluctuating has been, pre has been presented to you and the listeners. Uh, the question that you asked is, why do we fast? So Allah says in the Holy Quran, in uh, chapter number 2, verse number 183, In this verse, uh, which is translated, O you who believe, fasting is prescribed for you as it was prescribed for those before you, so that you may guard yourself against evil or that you may gain piety. There are three distinctive points we're learning from this. First and foremost, we're finding out that this action and practice, which is considered one of the five pillars of Islam, which embodies physical, mental strain for the sake of spiritual development, is a prescription. It's not a command. Because if Allah said command, mm -hmm. it would more entail like an order, do or die type of thing, you know? Allah would have said, Ya Fast. 
telling us that not only is it an obligation to do so, but it's something that you consider to be very important and vital for you. So like a person goes to a doctor, diagnosis is made, a prescription is written, a person doesn't go home and sleep on the prescription. They take it to a pharmacy, they fill it, they pay for it because they believe it's vital for their health. So Allah is saying this is prescribed to you, so it has a vital implication to your life. And I'll talk about that at this, uh, near the and end of the segment. It's interesting, Imam, because uh, God uses the word kutiba, which yes. is derived from kataba, wrote, wrote, and also kitab, like book, book. and we are reading the book of Quran. Yes. Uh, I find that linguistically interesting, but yes. and then, uh, like you were saying, if we uh, continue the verse, it says, like others before you. Correct. Who are the others. So the second point that this verse highlights is that the people before you were also prescribed to fast. We find in the scriptures, for example, in the Bible, prophets like Moses, Elijah, Daniel, Jesus resorted to fasting for the sake of spiritual purification and as a means of bettering their communication with God. When we look into all religions, we find, for example, the Baha'i. They fast from March 2 to 20th in the 19th month of their calendar to focus on love of God. We find that the Catholic fast Ash Wednesday and Good Friday and abstain from meat on all Fridays in Lent. We find the Buddhists also fast on full moon days. We find that the Hindus fast on new moon days and during festivals such as the Shivarati and Sarvasti Puja. So we find that also in the Jewish faith that uh, the Jews fast on Yom Kippur for 25 hours from sundown on the previous evening until sundown the next night and for six days, uh, including Tisha B'Av, which is for atonement of sins. So we will find, when you look into all um, different faiths, fasting is a part, and it's still an active part of those faiths, regardless if they are the people of the book, like the Jews and the Christians, or they're the Baha'i, they're the Hindu, they're the Buddhist. Fasting is something that all faiths can connect with. So uh, people uh, listening might say, okay, why do we have to have an empty stomach to be more spiritual, uh, why do we have to deprive ourselves uh, from food and drink mm -hmm. in order to become spiritual and more connected to God? I mean, I do have an answer for me sure. that's a personal answer and not religious, but let's assume that somebody is asking this question who is listening. Why do I have to be hungry to be spiritual? Well, the way I could explain it to you is if we understand the definition of psalm. Psalm, which means fasting, is derived from the root sawama. And what sawama means is to abstain. In religious classification, it means to abstain from eating, drinking, and sexual relationships from dawn to sunset. Now, question which you asked was very important because why do I have to kind of push aside everything to show that I'm more spiritual? If you, if you gauge your life and if you gauge your focus in life, for 11 consecutive months, we work on how good we look, how, how healthy we are, how much we go to the gym, how many, day, how many miles we walk and how many steps we walk. So everything in our life surrounds the well-being of the body from our nutritional intake, calories, sugars, whatever else. So God said nothing about that. It's good. But there has to be a time which out of 12 months, one month is devoted to spiritual purification. The only way we can give elevation to a spiritual state is to deplete 
on the physical state. Mm-hmm. So you have to deprive the body a little bit. And it's not harmful. And I'll tell you why it's not harmful. But you have to deplete your focus and de- re- redirect your attention to your spirituality so that in the course of 30 days, you come out to realize, hey, there is a soul. And it's really amazing. And it's as important as the body itself. I know it, it's, it might sound weird to uh, people listening, but like, for instance, if I want to go on a diet, mm-hmm. a, a diet where I d- will eat less carbs, let's say, mm-hmm. or a diet where I eat, eat, don't eat protein, uh, I will start uh, craving whatever I'm depriving myself. But when I, and I'm, uh, of course, I'm unable to continue more than a day or two, I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> sadly, but I can immediately if Mm -hmm. uh, the night uh, of like first night where tomorrow we have to fast Mm -hmm. i just decide i'm going to fast Mm -hmm. and then for 18 hours Mm -hmm. for 18 hours i'm not eating but to our listeners it's very strange if you want to try it i do feel spiritual don't ask me how imam i'm Mm -hmm. not sure how it works Mm -hmm. but why if i'm on a diet i don't feel any spirituality Mm -hmm. but when my i am deprived of food i can't i don't know do you feel the same way like why am i more connected maybe i have less time to waste on eating less energy used to digest i don't understand it if you can like explain it to me like why i feel like that well the the timing the placement the method and the manner all come together and make a different picture altogether uh like dosage there's tylenol for children there's tylenol for adults um you can't use tylenol for children and feel the same effect as an adult you would have to take the prescription which is suitable for your body and your mind. Ramadan is a special time and it has a special tone to it. In addition to how we interact with it, it gives us those blessings. As you said, 18 hours. Here in Florida, we're looking at um, 14 to 15 hours. Other places, 18 hours. Mm-hmm. Upstate New York, Canada. Some countries were documented last year as almost 20 hours. Mm-hmm. They're fasting every day. But how come we don't feel that hunger and we feel contentment is because it's only through spirituality that you will acknowledge what blessing is you know when we were kids growing up we remember time had blessing you could do so much in a day and the day wouldn't end now it's like you start monday and it's already friday so what's happened is it's something that physically nothing can explain this but it's called blessing blessing in time blessing in a little being a lot so what spirituality does it restores in your life the concept and understanding of blessings so in fasting in islam we do not drink other play other religions they're allowed to drink but not to eat for example drink water drink some water mm-hmm. but we do not drink anything we do not, do not even drink a single drop of water we do not consume even a small morsel of food it's just total abstinence but yet we don't feel hungry it's common across the board. Uh, number two, you, you feel content and satisfied. And when it's the time of sunset and you see the food in front of you, you eat a little and mm-hmm. you're, you're fine with it. It's like you don't have to eat five plates to make up for the breakfast, the snack, the lunch, the snack, the dinner, the tea. It just It's done in a small half a plate. So this is, again, reviving the understanding that it's more than what we see. The world is more than what we see. There's blessings and these blessings, which is known in Arabic language as baraka, is restored in our lives that we can physically attest to its presence. And now they know the meaning of uh, Obama, Barack, <laughs> Barack. 
<laughs> Couldn't help it if you're just joining us. This is True Talk on WMNF and I am Samar Jarrah and I'm talking to Imam Azhar Subidar and uh, about long month uh, of fasting that we know as the month of Ramadan. And I want to ask you, Imam, I always find that refraining from eating and drinking is really the very easy part, but it entails more than that it's like like you were talking about spirituality spirituality and blessings we are supposed to do way more things or charity during ramadan maybe pray more but also refrain from bad mouthing uh, other people can you like address sure. the the religious part but as well as the really the the very difficult task on me as a muslim is to refrain from bad thoughts envy can you address that so the beauty of of the fasting period it allows you to understand the impact of certain actions so a person comes to me and says to me i was fasting this morning and i took i did the suhoor because the prophet muhammad peace be upon him said to saharu fa inna fi suhuri baraka eat an early morning meal Uh, before the fast commences, even if it's like a few dates or if it's like a bowl of cereal or something, because there's blessing in that. Which is like very early, uh, like before sunrise. Before the, when it's before, dark. Yeah, before uh, dawn breaks, before the dawn break, that's what's an hour and a half before sunrise itself, you have to stop eating and that's when your fast commences. And then it goes to sunrise all the way to midday zenith until sunset. So if you eat that morning meal, you feel satisfied. And there's blessings as we just talked about it previously. But if a person commits an act of sin, which is something that they're accustomed to doing on other days. Mm -hmm. A person could commit a sin right now and not feel the repercussions of it. But when a person is fasting and they do something wrong, despite eating 10 protein bars and taking 10 milkshakes of protein, whatever they did for suhoor, they ultimately feel hungry. And that hunger bothers them. And it goes to tell you that how the blessings can be stripped immediately because of one sin. Consider what the repercussions of those sins are if they continue to pile up and we go back to God, to back to Allah, because we believe as human beings on this earth, we have the right to do, we have the ability to do what we want to, how we want to, but we have to just stand in front of Allah tomorrow and account for our actions. So we're told, do what you want, follow the commands or not, that's totally up to every human being, but accountability is what we stand on the day of judgment for. So. Fasting will allow you to understand certain actions because you know in fasting the Prophet Muhammad peace be upon told us that all the maradatu shayateen, the chief devils are tied down in the oceans. Then people will ask a question, then why is there sins? Why do people commit sins if the devils are tied? Well, to let you know that you have within yourself the nafs, the inner desire. And for 11 months, it worked on you. So if the devil's tied up, it will not seize you, but it will allow you to see what impact it made on your life. So in 30 days, not only can you acknowledge, but you could address it. You can cleanse yourself from it through forgiveness and asking God to help me so I don't lie, I don't backbite, whatever else. When the devil comes back out, what he toned you towards, you have switched it around and you've made yourself a better human being, which makes it difficult for him to put you back on that same act again. So who is supposed to fast? How old uh, do you have to be? Uh, is it uh, prescribed to women also? Is it the same type of fasting? Mm -hmm. 
Who is supposed to fast? So fasting is amazing that you'll see the children, especially in Ramadan, because it gets so caught up in the the, cele- uh, the celebration and the mode of fasting in Ramadan that even children want to fast. But in Islam, fasting is prescribed for every male and female who are adults, sane, healthy, uh, to fast. Mm-hmm. If a person is healthy but they're traveling, they're exempted from fasting. If a lady is health, if a lady is a, a adult, she is sane, but she's sick, for example, right? She's not feeling good, or a man, they're exempted from fasting. If a lady's on her menses period, she's exempted from fasting. So there are exemptions. A person who's elderly, a person who's on constant medication, and they can't fast for them is fidya. They will feed like ten dollars every day to a poor pe- person for each fast. But for those those who are in temporary mode of health mm-hmm. uh, or or travel, they will make up those fast after Ramadan. So, I, uh, for instance, if I don't fast, like usually uh, when it's too hot, when uh, Ramadan was coming in August, uh, I once was driving on 75 and I slept, I dozed uh, mm-hmm. and, you know, God saved me, but I said I, I can't be doing the show mm-hmm. uh, this early in the morning and fasting. Mm-hmm. So f- f- for this, because it's a decision I made for my safety not to drive and I'm hoping God forgives me for it. Mm-hmm. I make it up any time before the following Ramadan. Uh, so uh, b- so I can't feed uh, 10 people for excusing myself not to. Because you are a healthy person, mashallah, and your health is there. These temporary excuses can always be moved. Like a person's not going to be constantly traveling. So at that time, you were traveling long mm-hmm. distance, which in the Sharia makes you a traveler. It defines you as a traveler, and a traveler is exempted. For example, when we're traveling, we don't have to pray four rakah of prayer. The four units, we only pray two. Mm-hmm. Prayer becomes half. Why? Because Allah tells us, He acknowledges we are in a strenuous path and He's given us exemptions. So those exemptions are temporary, and hence they would have to be made up. The only person who could give the charity to uh, compensate for the fast is someone who is uh, terminally ill, someone who is in a state of illness or weakness that they cannot fast. They're exempted through just feeding someone. And we pay, uh, we feed somebody or it's like calculated in the US like as if it's $10. So I can give. Average is like seven, eight, ten dollars $10 based on the uh, common price of wheat or barley in the town of Afusa. I don't know exact measurement Mm -hmm. at this moment. But uh, that's the fidya, the fitra that we give. There's a certain number of money that we give before the Eid prayer, like $7, $10 at the mosque that goes to the poor and needy in the community so that they can also celebrate like the rest of the community. So yeah, that's called the fidya. It's So yeah. when, when, when I am deciding on my own to uh, not fast on a Friday because of the, I feel like very unsafe driving mm-hmm. while, uh, because I stay up at late and then mm-hmm. I wake up early sure. in the morning to have that, uh, that uh, suhoor and, and uh, the early breakfast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I am doing qiyas in Sharia. I am mm-hmm. deciding for myself as a Muslim based on Sharia law mm-hmm. that, okay, I can excuse myself in not fasting, but then I am referring also to Sharia law by saying, yes, Samar, you have to make it up. I have to fast another day. Uh, and this brings me because we spoke a few weeks ago or a few uh, months or so before about uh, Sharia. Mm-hmm. So you and I as Muslims, uh, as American Muslims, mm-hmm. we are practicing practicing Sharia without Sharia being the law of the land. Correct, because is what Sharia entails is what's best for the human being. And again, it, it, it structures based on what's best for your mental, physical, spiritual, uh, and societal well-being. So it has many 
implications on our day-to-day lives uh, despite the fact that we don't define it as sharia mm-hmm. taking care of the widows the poor the orphans this is something that sharia also it's, to me it's common sense it's, it's, common sense. it's, it's like i don't say okay let me go to the sharia app no <laughs> to check out what's right to do exactly so when people say they have to stop sharia uh, so what they're not gonna make me uh, f- uh, uh, stop fasting on a friday or they're gonna make me not make it up on a friday so that, that's totally up to you how you want to do it you see that you're going to be a traveler and it's putting you in haraj which means difficulty for example a lady is healthy she's fine she's mature she's sane but she's pregnant and she feels by not by not eating for this much amount of time and with a credible doctor who says it's not best for you to fast right now she's exempted or she's nursing but her milk is not being produced because of her fasting she is an exempted the sharia is not hard and fast rules the beauty of islam in the sharia is there's no hard and fast rules it depends based on the circumstances for example in islam a man can't wear silk but there's a man who came to the prophet peace be upon him and he had a skin ailment that didn't allow him to wear anything else but silk and the prophet said wear silk because it makes sense it just makes sense because mm-hmm. those exemptions are there based on the circumstances so yeah. so the the reason i was saying that is the you know i feel like when people say we have to stop sharia or when they have these lawsuits in order uh, to uh, to stop the spread of sharia mm-hmm. how are they gonna apply that to me on a very personal uh, level i mean we live by these codes i just wanted people you maybe to understand like when you say stop sharia how does it bother you that i have to fast or not fast or compensate or pay the ten dollars uh, well, again th- those uh, claims and those rants of you know what we have to stop sharia is like it's infringing on people's religious rights you know everyone in this world has the right to practice their religion especially in this country which is protected by our constitution i think they're just callings of ignorance and misunderstandings mm-hmm. uh there i i could say in my heart i believe they're not deliberate a wholehearted educated Uh, you know, statements. They're just people who really don't understand the grasp of what Sharia means. And that's your personal connection with God. That's your personal connection with your society. That's your society's connection with the, the leaders of the society. So it's a chain effect connection. And you can't just put a wall in front of it and say, stop it. Because, you know, when they make a dam, for example, they have to stop water in many different places in order for that dam to be built. You can't just say, okay, we're going to put a dam here, just put a wall up and the water will stop. No, but there's a force of water. So there's a systematic manner of how a procedure is done so you know these are the three uh, parts the third part of fasting that i just want to finish off with was that um so you could be god conscious god fearing you could how would you be god fearing because allah says in the quran the most noblest in god's eyes is the most god fearing what does that mean what comes between me and my lord is my actions If my actions are productive, they build stairs to my Lord. And if my actions are counterproductive, they're like, you know, snakes and ladders. It could just make you slide straight down. Mm-hmm. So Ramadan is a moment in when you fast, you understand your weaknesses, you strengthen your goodness, and you come out a better person. At that time, you acknowledge how the poor people feel. You feed the poor. You become more generous. People give their zakat, their annual 2.5% charity in Ramadan. It's not ordained for that time. It could be given any time. Mm-hmm. But they feel it at that time to be more important because now you put yourself in a situation where you understand that a comfort zone is never for everyone. Days fluctuate. 
you know sometimes there's good days sometimes there's bad days so i need to be more compassionate understanding to those who are going through bad days consecutively in their lives you know so this is uh one of the this is the third point so fast has been ordained as it was ordained to people before us the ordaining a fast as a prescription entails it's beneficial for us people before us have done it and the goal of it is to come out a better person if you're just joining us this is true talk on wmnf uh, 88.5 fm and uh, this is your host samar jarrah and i'm talking with imam azhar subidar about the uh, month of ramadan where uh, muslims fast from uh, sunrise to sunset uh, if they are able uh, to do it and uh, imam i would like to ask you uh, about like uh, mosques in america when you were the imam of our mosque um you know we would have uh, like the community would come most of the not every day but i think maybe friday saturday sunday monday and um, uh, eat together but isn't it uh, like uh, a time where mosques need to open their doors and invite the larger public i mean engage more i know you have an organization where you do interfaith uh, work if you want to just address um, you know tell us a little bit about your organization because sure. maybe this might be a good time uh, for uh, churches synagogues other uh, groups out there to invite uh, muslims or for muslims to invite people to their houses of worship and uh, you know witness what we do uh, how we practice our religion how we fast can you can you tell me a little sure. bit so basically um a few weeks back uh, we had an event in downtown Tampa in which people from different parts of the community came together of different faith backgrounds and they discussed how we could create better understanding of Islam and this they many of the people suggested uh, that which some masjids uh, in this state and many masjids across the country are doing it's called sharing Ramadan they have many mm-hmm. different themes to it which is calling in your neighbors and people of other faiths in the community to the mosque for them to witness how it is when the Muslims get together they break fast together they eat uh, as a community like one loving family we do extra prayers in the nights of Ramadan so yes we pray five times a day but in Ramadan there's 20 additional prayers that we do every night in which in 30 days span we complete the entire Quran. So this is part of the thing that we 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 would always encourage masjids to which they are doing, and we want them to you know continue doing this great job and do more of it, which is inviting their neighbors and friends and kind of becoming more uh, community involved, so that they could come and witness what this practice is. There are some Christians I met at that time that they had made a pledge that they're going to fast with their Muslim neighbors. I think so, some colleges do that. Uh, what they call it, fastathon. Fa- fastathon, yes, they do fastathon where people in the college or in the university they fast also with their Muslim uh, fellow student classmates, and then they break fast together. So they show that connection, and these are very nice gestures of of uh, you know unity and a uh, community well being. So, so how can uh, people contact you if you want to uh, well uh, sorry yeah, yeah, so, yeah I'm, I'm here in, in Tampa now and uh, we have an organization called purposeful life you could check us out at purposefullife.us and our goal is to spread knowledge and understanding uh, friendship with the greater community from the interfaith community our community leaders and to become a source of peace for everyone so as a, a scholar in the Islamic faith who's studied for 10 and a half years who served Muslims for 14 and a half years 
as a masjid imam my goal now here in Tampa Bay exclusively is to interact with everyone so if anyone has any suggestions thoughts or concerns or they want someone to come and talk at their place of worship or with their friends they can reach out to us we have been invited by many churches already and uh, we go everywhere for free there's no stipend to be paid we're going there because we want to create understanding and awareness and we thank everyone for you know their uh, time and uh, their reaching out to us that's what makes us more happy is that we're getting connected with the community uh, that's uh, wonderful to know so let me ask you uh, Imam you mentioned earlier that uh, the month of Ramadan is maybe double uh, special I mean I'm saying double mm-hmm. <laughs> special for Muslims because the Quran was revealed could you maybe some people don't know what's the meaning of Quran and mm-hmm. when you say revealed mm-hmm. like okay it wasn't uh, a book written and handed down to the Prophet can you uh, talk about that so basically in Islam we learned that the, the holy books the Psalms uh, the Torah, the the Bible, and the Quran. Uh, in the Quran, it states when Jesus was born, he said to his people, as he was a baby, he said that Ataniel Kitab, I've been given a book, mm-hmm. meaning the book of God, the word of God, was already given at once. Mm-hmm. When Moses went up to the mountain, we know about the Ten Commandments, but I uh, I confirmed with a Jewish rabbi there was I think three hundred thirteen misfit that came down. These were the entirety of the commands. So. Every religion received their book of commands in life from God at one time. Mm-hmm. Now, the Quran revelation to Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, and all of the other prophets was interesting because he grew up in a society where he saw so much wrong. And he went in seclusion constantly to a mountain in a cave, thinking, how could society become better? That was his only goal. How could society become better? And it was in the month of Ramadan, in one of the odd nights in the last 10 nights, that the archangel angel Gabriel came to him in his full form and he embraced him and he hugged him and he said to him read and he said Ma biqarin. I can't read he said Iqra. he said read because I can't read it happened three times and then he said Iqra bismi khalaq. read in the name of the Lord has created you so the first revelation of the Quran came down then so Ramadan becomes special as a month because the Quran began its revelation on that day in the mountain in a cave the Quran continued to reveal the revelation of the Quran continued in a span of 23 years mm-hmm. so the Quran came down based on circumstances situations questions observations to address it and to explain how to get through. Sometimes the Quran says they ask you about this. Yes, they ask you about the new moon. So Allah's answering the questions that the people are asking. So it shows the relevancy that the book wasn't a one time. It's relevant because we believe as Muslims the Quran is a living miracle and it will continue to be relevant for people of a of all genders, all race, across the spectrum, of all cultures of any given time, it's relevant to them because it was revealed in a fashion that it showed it is relevant. So that's one of the blessings of Ramadan. So the Prophet didn't immediately just embrace uh, Gabriel and just say, oh, okay, uh, uh, let me become a Muslim. Uh, Can you, like, because he went through lots of uh, psychological, physical... Like, I mean, it's not that every day we get uh, to be conversing uh, with the, God. It, it was, um, I, I've been up that mountain where he used to go up and it took me 55 minutes climbing. Wow. And, uh, and, and you're, I have to mention the imam is very tall and healthy and slim. So <laughs> it took you 55 minutes. Yeah, it took me 55 minutes. And now what they've done is they've made stairway all the way up oh. and that's made it easier. But we okay. actually climbed it, my brother and I, in the mid 90s. Okay. And um, so he was up in the mountain. He would go there for days at a time time 
And when the angel Gabriel embraced him, he was so scared and he became pale and he ran down the mountain. He went to his wife Khadija, anha, peace be upon her, and may Allah be pleased with her. She, and he said to her, Cover me up, hold me tight. I think I'm dying. I just saw. I think Something. the angel of death. Yeah, what was that? <laughs> so then she took him, I believe, to her uncle. And he said that, no, that was the angel Gabriel that comes to all the prophets. And he's going to, he's a prophet. And then, you know, that's how the system began. It wasn't something that, you know, it, he he just said, okay, I want to be a prophet today. No, it, just like Abraham, he was in search for God and God met him, you know. If you're just joining us, this is True Talk on WMNF 88.5 FM. And this is, uh, now you know why like uh, people uh, support WMNF for having such a show like True Talk. Thanks for our supporters and supporters of uh, WMNF that brings you uh, voices uh, like uh, Imam uh, Azhar's uh, voice, a uh, Muslim Imam who is talking so freely and openly about uh, uh, Ramadan in particular because this is the month of fasting where Muslims all over the world are fasting. There are people like the Imam mentioned who are fasting more hours than others, people in the very north or very south. Some people have cold weather, some people have warm weather, some people have too much humidity like in Florida and um, you know and in Florida uh, yeah, Imam um, or in the US in particular but maybe like in small towns uh, like in Ocala or uh, Ponta Gorda or uh, you know smaller cities than Tampa where there are more mosques mm -hmm. here there are more uh, Muslim community you're almost alone I mean you're like walking or driving or or actually people offering you a coffee or tea and we're the only ones fasting mm -hmm. uh, how, how do you find that is it uh, does it give you strength or does it like make you feel I'm alone, lonely, like nobody at Walmart knows I am fasting? And that's the beauty about practicing one's faith in this country. I love I love fasting here in America. You know, I've been to Saudi Arabia and fasted. I've fasted in Jordan, Morocco, different countries. Wow. And uh, what I found here is a pleasure in the fact that food is accessible. People are eating. You don't have an environment that surrounds you in a positive fashion that you will have to fast. You're doing it because you want to fast. And so there's no mosque telling you come and pray. You're looking for a mosque to go pray. You're looking at your watch and you're stuck in traffic on 75. And you're like, I have to break my fast in 10 minutes. I feel that struggle is well, it's well paid off. It's, it's worth it. And you know, the beauty of Ramadan, as far as you go to Alaska, there's documentaries about Ramadan in Alaska, Iceland, Greenland, wherever you go. Um, the Muslim community tends to come together. People tend to meet up somewhere and just embrace that time. And I think it's, a, it's such a fulfilling feeling inside. It can't be described. It's, yeah, I, I I hope people would uh, try it uh, one day and sure. see how, uh, in a way, it's very difficult, but it, in a way, it's uh, it's very uh, easy to do uh, in order to fast. And another thing I noticed, uh, Imam, like I fasted also uh, in Jordan and I fasted, I mean, in my adult life, mm -hmm. uh, like in the past, let's say five years, I fasted in Jordan and I fasted in Egypt. And of course, in the US, I feel there is more concentration on food there yes. but much less uh, here. here so food is not a big part of fasting I feel when I'm in the States 
it's a cultural thing, especially like the Boston.com releases these pictures every year on their website. Yeah. And it's beautiful. They show Ramadan across the world. And they show how in India, Pakistan, they're getting ready from the, you know, Asr time, the evening time, they're getting ready. They're putting out plates and beautiful colors of fruits and, and drinks and different types of edible goods are being displayed. The culture is to feed the people and finding that satisfaction, happiness, because whoever feeds a fasting person in Islam, there is a great reward for that. You get the same reward as a person who fasted without any diminish in their reward. So people do this out of um, the reward, the virtue, and also it's become a cultural thing. Where over here, it's like, you know, if you're between offices or you're getting home, your focus is to get to the masjid for the prayer tonight. You'll break your fast with a bottle of water, a date that you'll keep in a Ziploc bag. And when you get home, you'll eat something light and it's done so it's more of a cultural traditional thing there's nothing harmful for that but at the same token um it goes to highlight the, how many different modes this ramadan creates within the community you know some places people are getting together as a family some places every night people are getting together as a community you have two people you may have two thousand people and it's just it's just beautiful to just see it from a general perspective one of the unique things in ramadan is something called the salat tarawih can you explain that so as i said earlier at nighttime on ramadan there are special 20 units of additional prayer and this is one and we of we pray five times a day so people can know okay yeah. so then, five, <laughs> then in addition to the five times a day which is a, com uh, a compilation of uh, 17 units in total fajr dhuhr asr maghrib isha then you have 20 additional more that is continued to be performed in mecca medina in quds and everywhere else these are the 20 rak'ah known as the 20 units known as tarawih mm -hmm. and tarawih is a time of special prayer because the quran was revealed in the month of Ramadan, and since it was revealed in the month of Ramadan, uh, it is a time when the angel Gabriel would come down to the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, and revise the recitation that was revealed till that time in that month. Mm -hmm. So we have children, adults who have memorized the Quran, who memorize word by word, piece by piece, all 600 to 800 pages, depending on the version of the, the volume, the way the pages are laid out, they have memorized it. So every night they read one chapter or one in a quarter chapters so that within 27 to 29 days, the entire Quran is complete. Is so if you're breaking fast at 8 o'clock, you're finishing the night prayer at 11 o'clock, you're going home at 12, then you have to wake up at 3 o'clock to eat again because 5 o'clock you start fasting again. It's a strenuous schedule on the body but isn't it amazing that when you break the fast and eat prayer is done yeah. and you go to eat you ask yourself am i fasting or not because you become so accustomed to fasting you don't want to eat yeah you almost feel guilty when you wake up in the morning why am i drinking coffee am i oh, oh yes i'm allowed like when you eat oh why am i having lunch why am i having soup yes i'm allowed uh, to eat so but some people might say this is very strenuous to be uh, like to be praying 20 additional prayers or or can you explain it because you know how how we exactly do it like you're so basically um we would stand up and do two units at a time mm -hmm. and after every four units we would stop for a little break and, and in a unit it's like you read you read quran so versus like you're going uh, word by word line by line chapter. Page by page. exactly yeah. by each chapter in a systematical order we're starting from the first page and hopefully after 29 days or 30 days you've ended on the last page and so the people who who've memorized it lead us and the rest of the congregation stand behind and follow. 
Each unit could consist of five to seven to nine minutes at a time. So two units could be 10 to 15 minutes, depending on how much is being recited. So it is physically strenuous. But as mm -hmm. I said in the beginning, we focus on our body 11 months in the year. Here we're being told, tone down your your focus on your body and start tone your soul. So what happens is we create a balance where the soul comes up while the body is going down. And then we feel the energy of the soul running the body, not the energy of the body running the soul. And, um, to highlight on one point, if you allow me to, is that we talked about the benefits of fasting mm -hmm. on a physical level. A lot of research is being conducted and people of different faiths and even scientists are talking about there's articles by Selger and Haynes in 2012, Is Fasting Healthy? They've pro they've proven in many different articles and Banjuani in uh, 2009 in the uh, medical science article he wrote about health benefits of fasting, they talk about how fasting promotes detoxification. It resets sets the digestive system it helps break down uh, fatty acids it corrects the blood pressure it promotes weight loss it promotes a healthy diet it boosts immunity emma young uh, she has written in january 29 2013 in the new science magazine she speaks about her experience of fasting two days a week mm -hmm. which the prophet muhammad did in his life every mondays and thursday he fasted two days a week in addition to ramadan and she says in that she notes a historical belief that in 1908 dr linda hazard an american with some training said that fasting is the cure of disease and it also has been proven by Walter Longo, the director of the Longevity Institute in the University of Southern California. And he thinks that short-term complete fasts maximize the benefits. And he found that in a 48-hour total fast, it slowed down the growth of five of eight types of cancer. Mm -hmm. in mice so they put mice who had cancer in fasting and they found that it reduces and slows down the spread of cancer so as i said when allah says it's been prescribed it's not to put us in strain whatever god has revealed in the holy text may physically by our eyes look like it's strenuous it's hard but when you ask the person who's in it and you see them with happiness contentment yeah if there's a person who's fasting they're dying out on the street i'm dying of thirsting hung they have to break their fast Okay. Islam says you have to, but there are many benefits and we're not doing it for these benefits. These are just, you know, sprinkles on the cake. There's so much more to it than meets the eye. If you're just joining us, we are not a diet show and asking you people to uh, <laughs> lose weight or uh, go on a diet. Uh, no, we're just uh, a Muslim imam uh, and your host Samar uh, Jarrah talking about uh, the month of Ramadan and why we fast and the logic uh, behind it. And of course, it's about uh, connecting to God and being uh, spiritual. When we are close to finishing the last words of the Quran, when we finish the last, the 30th part of the uh, Quran, uh, usually we uh, try as, as much as we can to do it around the uh, night of light, Laylatul Qadr. Mm -hmm. Could you uh, like talk about the significance of it? Because I think 
all over the world yes. that's where most muslims you find them at mosques so what happens is as ramadan commences people have are still in the process of adjusting their schedules getting ready to understand ramadan that's why uh, the month before two months before we start telling the people in our sermons look ramadan's coming make adjustments in your schedule make adjustments in your life because then you could embrace it wholeheartedly it's like if a person wins a jackpot in a machine and the coins are falling out you can't then go look for a bag or a bucket to collect them, right? You should be ready to embrace and accept everything that's coming your way. So Ramadan comes with full force. So in the first 10 days, people are just kind of getting used to it. The second 10 days, people are really getting into it. The last 10 nights, we understand it's going to leave us. So we really want to benefit. And it's within those last 10 nights, which is the common and strong belief that there is the Laylatul Qadr, the night of power. And um, what this night entails is that there's a history. The companions of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, and may Allah be pleased with all of them, they came and said to the Prophet, hey, look, you tell us the stories of the past nations. They lived for hundreds of years. Some lived for over a thousand years. So if you gauge their ability to do good, they must have exceeded in compiling good deeds. Mm -hmm. And you've told us our lifespan is like 60 to 70 average. So even if we work strenuously in those 60 from the day we were born, we can't compare to them in what they accumulated because their minds was torn on competing for the next life, not competing for this world. So Allah then through that gave us the night of power. It's a night found in Ramadan, usually in the last 10 nights, in the odd nights, the 21st night, which mm -hmm. precedes the 21st day, the night before the day, okay. the 23rd, the 25th, 27th, and 29th, in which we feel that night of power could be found. So a person who has been benefiting from the month of Ramadan from the get-go will always be blessed with that night. And if a person thinks, you know what, I could just do whatever I want in Ramadan and just find one night and do it, it's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. It's a it's a search and a blessing from God. Allah says in the Quran, In this chapter, Allah says, Verily we reveal to you the night of power. And do you know what is the night of power? The night of power is equal in reward to a thousand months. Mm -hmm. So now, if you get the reward of worshipping, fasting, helping, doing something good on that night even for a little while you get the reward equivalent to a thousand months now our lifespan and blessing ourselves with those nights to see there was 40 years of our life that we fasted at a thousand months each of those we could do the math right we're looking at big numbers here right so alhamdulillah that's can, a manner of getting those rewards can you read the whole verse in arabic because uh, it sounds beautiful uh, maybe to people who underst don't understand arabic it, can sure. you read the whole in the anzal should i recite it or should i just read it uh, recite sure? it okay yeah. so. <laughs> إِنَّا أَنزَلْنَاهُ فِي لَيْلَةِ الْقَدْرِ وَمَا أَدْرَاكَ مَا لَيْلَةُ الْقَدْرِ لَيْلَةُ الْقَدْرِ خَيْرٌ مِّنْ أَلْفِ شَهْرٍ تَنَزَّلُ الْمَلَائِكَةُ وَالرُّوحُ فِيهَا بِإِذْنِ رَبِّهِمْ بإذن ربهم من كل أمر سلام هي حتى مطلع الفجر ما شاء الله can you say the English translation of the meaning of it in the name of Allah, the most gracious, the most merciful, verily we have revealed it in the night of power, i.e. the Quran. وما أدراك and do you know what is the night of power? Laylatul Qadr, the night of power is greater in reward 
equivalent to a thousand months. It is greater than a thousand months of reward. The angels come down, they descend. And Ruh means Angel Gabriel comes with them in that night with the permission of their Lord. Uh, and they scatter around in all areas. Salamun. Let there be peace. It lasts till the break of dawn. I want to thank you, Imam Azhar, for being on True Talk. And I wa okay. want to thank our listeners and uh, Ramadan Kareem to you and everybody who is listening. Ramadan Kareem to everyone. Thank you so much. This has been True Talk on WMNF 88.5 FM. Stay tuned. NPR News is next. WMNF Tampa 88.5 on the left side of your dial. Best little radio station on planet Earth. Stay tuned for NPR News. And Stu is in with three hours of music. And I'm thinking Duncan is going to sit in for Nancy C. today. So don't go anywhere. I know I'm waiting. Yearning for something. Something don't own me. 